Hey everyone, I just want to apologize ahead of time. The quality of the sound might be a little sketchy. The Wi-Fi wasn't the best. And I hope you enjoy the program. Thanks. Hey everyone, we have a great episode tonight. In case you didn't know by now, I am currently running for public office. The position I am seeking is the town clerk position for the town of Babylon. The guests tonight are Corinne Murphy and Tracy Alvino from Campaign Strategy and Consulting, who are also working on my campaign. Their backgrounds are very quite impressive. Tracy is a registered Republican strategist and media personality. She is an award-winning educational expert with over 23 years experience and is the assistant director of the Senior Advocacy Group, Voices for Seniors. Tracy has been featured on various television and radio programs such as The Kelly File and Sean Hannity Show. Tracy is well known in the political landscape for her work and activism within the political party. She has served in many capacities for various movements like Walk Away and GOP campaigns, including President Trump run for the White House. In September of 2020, Tracy became a campaign surrogate for President Trump. In her free time, Tracy is passionate about donating her time to veterans and senior charities and time with her loved ones. Karen Murphy is an entrepreneur and is a creative, enthusiastic, and high-achieving partner at Campaign Strategists and Consultants, a political agency that seeks to win conservative races. Her exceptional record for delivering results for clients is the force behind the political growth and is integrated with business strategy and excellence. Corinne has won countless awards for her tremendous work. Corinne believes in the ethical and transparent government. A victim of herself of domestic violence is what has driven her to be a force in politics. Understanding that change can only be made by getting involved outside the office. Corinne spends most of her time with her family and her young adult children and her three dogs. And as a hobby, Corinne enjoys real estate investment projects and develops residential houses in Connecticut. She currently resides in Smithtown, New York. This is her Community 2 podcast. I am your host, Catherine Corella. Let's go. Okay, tonight we have Corinne Murphy and we have Tracy Alvino. They are part of the team that are helping me with the political campaign of the race that I am running for the town of Babylon town clerk. So I met with these ladies and they have so much information. They have so much knowledge and so much experience and expertise that everything I do or say or post, I always run it by them because they would know what's good, what's bad, not what's appropriate, what's offensive. Um, how are you guys doing tonight? Great. I'm great. Yeah. Good. So <laughs> I, I have your guys' background, so don't worry. That's going to come in the intro because everyone's going to be amazing. I would, was reading your both your backgrounds, and it was just amazing, the both of you. You know, so, and again, you guys are part of the team that has been helping with the campaign. Or actually yes. running the campaign. 
So, <laughs> and I love this because you you guys came so highly recommended from a native here in Babylon Village, uh, Michael Watt. Yeah, I love Michael Watt. Yeah, and so I really didn't know how this was going to go, and it just went all in the right direction. It really did. Yeah, Trace, you've been, you have listened, and you have certainly been uh, not only professional and respectful, but you have, as a as a, someone who's totally green in running a race, first time, you've been involved in politics, but it also is a challenge when you don't understand that some things take time and you've conducted yourself in such a professional and respectful and actually a, a really approachable manner. So people are able to say things to you without you being upset or uh, take it, uh, you're not ego driven, which is remarkable given how beautiful you are as inside and out. And um, I think that Tracy would agree that because we've spoken offline about this on how how professional you really are and how approachable you are, which means, which to me shows great qualities and leadership and certainly a great person to be elected into an office here on Long Island. Well, I, I second that. I, I find that having an ego or being thin-skinned, it doesn't work. So I don't, it, I, and I always told you guys that I, 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 I like critiques, I like criticism I, because it shapes and you learn from that. How would sure. I know what to do or learn from if nobody tells me, you know? And I've always been that way. It's good to get that, you know? And my daughter's the same way. When she gets critiques for dance, she learns, she likes to listen to that so she can learn from that. So she got that from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> and what I really love about you, Catherine, uh, on top of everything that Corinne stated, is that you really looked into this office for a Babylon town clerk before you decided to run for it to mm -hmm. see what would that entail? What are the problems with this office and what could be done better? And that's something that we didn't even have to tell you to do. You did that all mm -hmm. on your own. And I think that's fantastic. It, it is because, yeah. It, and because, and just like most people would, you want to do a research of what you want to get into, you know, on anything, anything I, I want, would like to discuss or any type of, even in business, you wanna do your research and same thing like with stocks. I love to uh, uh, invest and do stock trades. So I always look at, you know, the company, the business, the pharmacy company, it's always good to do your home. And, and as a matter of fact, when I was talking to uh, Tony Pantella, he was like, oh my God. He goes, you know this all. And I said, yes, of course. I. <laughs> but you would be surprised where people just think that they're going to, going to walk into an office and they have no idea yeah. what the office entails on both sides of the aisle. Mm -hmm. Right. And I agree. They just want that position. Yeah, it sounds glamorous or maybe they're just trying to buy a job or maybe it's for some other political endeavor or just a stepping stone. But whatever it is, you did... Uh, I think it's just a great point that Tracy made that we, you surprised us all with how much you really researched the job because this wasn't the first race or direction we're considering. So to come up with that, you took charge to say, I, I like this position and, and took the leadership of um, our local Republican chairman and said, this, this is definitely the position that I'm going to run and make it the best. And you came back with 
a wealth of knowledge to, I think, knowledge that we weren't even prepared for. <laughs> like now, I mean, you're always unfolding something else and it's really neat to see. I didn't even know that you were involved in, in day trading or in, or penny stocks or anything like that. It's no, but you know what, everybody, I, I have to tell you this, when people get to know me, they always call me, you're like an onion. Right. There's so many layers. And because I don't, because I'm very open-minded to ideas and to people, um, my friend list is very eclectic. So it's mm -hmm. on both sides of the economic uh, side and uh, different backgrounds, religions. And it's good to be like that. You get, if, sure. it, makes, it makes you real rounded. And when you're talking to people, um, like when I went walking to get signatures, I, I had no idea that my area where I live was so diverse. And it was good to see that. And they were sure. open. They were open to talk. You know, they. As we speak, I'm using Ramik's pen. Associate's <laughs> 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 pen. <laughs> For Nadim's pen. Oh, I love it. Another good friend that we met. Yes. Because of our male friends and eclectic friends, I must say. But he, Nadim is a wonderful guy. And I'm so thankful that that you introduced us to him as well. Yeah, he's true blue. It, what you see is what you get. He's very professional, very polite. He thinks of others. He really thinks of his uh, clients with the most mm -hmm. utmost respect and tries to guide them in every possible way. Yeah. So he's really good and, um, and very fascinating and just all around great guy, family guy type of guy. So he is um, uh, really a part of your team. Uh, with uh, fundraising and giving his perspective and certainly opening up some doors for his culture to show that we all are unified and we all work together and our ultimate goal is the same. And I, I really love that about everyone that you have you have led, Catherine, as part of, of the team. That's been remarkable, I think, for you to put people together and inspire them to want to be involved to support you. That takes a skill and that shows true leadership. Well, that's the skill that I use to create uh, the Kiwanis, the Deer Park Chamber of Commerce, and the Civic Association. It's just to bring everybody together because you can't do it with just one person. Not one soul can think of every detail or knowledge. It has to be a collective. Um, and that's what your team does. You guys have... Oh, we're inclu very inclusive. Right. Ooh, and it's... And we all definitely, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, you know, podcasted that no, is so hard <laughs> people talking or not. Um, I, I think that everybody has a, their own unique ability. And if we can help that to shine and that, I think um, that's what I see in Tracy. When I met Tracy, I was like, that is the kind of girl I want to be when I grow up, even oh. though we're like the same age. Um, <laughs> She's a model person, just a beaut. What you see is really what you get, and it is a beautiful person in, in inside and out. And and that's how I feel about you too, Catherine. It's really a nice, empowering moment to be. Um, again, no ego, just plain. Let's let's get some work done because I see something great in you, and I see things that I can't do. So it complements. You know, I know my flaws, and I also know my strengths. And when I when I try whether for business or friendship it's because I want to learn something from them and I want to work together it's usually someone who shares some qualities but usually people that that I can learn from new qualities and unique traits 
Oh, I agree. I, I agree with that. And, uh, and you were right. You have to keep an, uh, I do keep an open mind. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I didn't think of running for the town clerk. I had thought of Suffolk County legislator. Mm-hmm. Um, only because of so many things that are going on that I see in going on in Suffolk County that needs to be addressed, fixed, mm-hmm. acknowledged. And so, of course, you can't always start at the top. So when it was brought to my attention, how about town clerk? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah. Because you know what, there are a lot, overwhelmingly, a lot of talk and complaints, not about the specific town clerk, but how there's, it's limited access to obtain those permits and licenses. I'll tell you, I'm, first of all, Corinne, thank you. You know, I love and adore you. And I think that you're amazing. Uh, and Catherine, you know, I think that you're amazing as well. And I, I love and adore you as well. Uh, I, you brought it to my attention. I live in the town that you would be representing. And you brought it to my attention about the beach permits, which I didn't even realize because I hadn't gone to obtain a beach permit yet. But that's all I see people complaining about on social media right now is that obtaining the beach permits this season has been really problematic. Yes. But it wasn't yeah, only I, just, it wasn't just last season because many times before, before I knew it, I can't get a beach pass. Time had passed because mm-hmm. when you work regular business hours, it's hard to make it down to the town annex and get in line with your car. And you have to have this, this, and this. And so it's hard to take time off to get a beach permit. What are you going to do? Tell your boss, uh, yeah, I got to take time off to go get a beach permit. So what <laughs> happens to a lot of us, we were not able to get it and we have to pay to go mm-hmm. to the state beach with it, it is pricey. And we can't go to the town beach where they have the outdoor live music. They have the town beaches are a little bit more easy access for town residents with the pass. So that was a number one uh, complaint with that. And the same thing I've, I've seen on social media is that people are highly upset that they have to have a permit for everything. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, um, yeah. Like in one community group, a person had asked, do I need a permit for a, a above ground pool? And, you know, surprisingly, yes. I believe mm-hmm. someone had mentioned that it did cost uh, like $50 or something like that. And then, you know, what's the problem? If you don't get it, then you're going to have your neighbors, you know, call the town on you and you're going to get penalized. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have all this going on and everybody's tired of the high taxes, mm-hmm. uh, the fees, excess fees, excess penalties. You know, yeah. both parents have to work 10, 12 hour days just to make ends meet. And what are they getting out of their taxes? I mean, really, we still have to buy a permit to get to the town beach, but yet mm-hmm. we still pay taxes. You know, why are the salaries sometimes so exuberant when, you know, a lot of people are out of work. We need something to sustain these small businesses to who employ our local residents, mm-hmm. but instead they're taxed to death as well. Yes, you know, so it just makes it so discouraging. To, so, Catherine, uh, what would you what would you change? I mean, I know the answer to this, of course. <laughs> tell us, how. tell us, Tom. The town clerk. You know what? I I'm a big uh, tech fan of, uh, of mm-hmm. tech technology. Um, but what good is having that technology if our seniors can't grasp that? Because a lot of seniors 
are not computer literate or tech, you know, techie people. So they're the old school where you have to have extended hours for these people who, you know, they're the ones that still write a paper check, put the stamp on the envelope, <laughs> go to the mail, the post office sure. and mail it. Where a lot of us do that online, but I see that. Um, so yeah, I would like to, yeah, extend hours, uh, especially yeah. when it comes time to getting that beach permit, extend hours, uh, have it done on a Saturday to where people can get the pass, families, because everybody works, you know, all these crazy hours. Mm -hmm. um, and I would like to see, you know, a little bit more um, leniency on these permits. I mean, uh, not so much as, like, not lenient, but uh, still adhere to the uh, requirements, but at least make it uh, somewhat uh, easier to obtain a permit without having to jump through hoops and pay this and pay this and pay that. You know, it's it's so hard for these, especially new homeowners when they need to expand their home or create maybe another bedroom or add this and add that. And they have to have all these permits, all their ducks in a row. And some people just don't have the money to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's people don't want to sell their home. They've had it for years or they get their home from their parents. So they inherit a house that needs major updating or they want to turn it to their home that they really want to live in. And so, yeah, I'd like to make it a little bit easier where it's not uh, such a uh, hot mess to obtain yeah. these permits, you know, and these licenses. Well, you one know, of the things I've seen in your area, and I've commented on it before, but I know, you know, Tracy and do you live in the same area, uh, but uh, I don't, but I have realized the overpowering of Democrats in the area, and yes. it upsets me just because of the balance. I really believe in everybody working on behalf of the public, and of course I have a more conservative value, and I really do love seeing uh, our wins on the Republican side. However, I think that the balance is really important. And then when one side just completely dominates, it's not always a f the most effective. When you see one side blatantly not want to listen to the constituents or listen to the other side at all. Where um, I, I hate to say this, but I do see that collaboration in more Republican areas where they still will listen and work with the Democrats. And conversely, I don't see that on the other side. So that's what makes me concerned in your area that there isn't a balance at all and there is no listen even to the other side even if there is no balance no and that's truly correct because um i was a democrat you know i did work on mm -hmm. uh in campaigns of our local uh politicians mm -hmm. and i really did think everything was great but once you really look at the party and how it transitioned into more towards the left it got really scary Mm -hmm. So it, it really, truly did. And especially with and, the no cash bail law, that scared mm -hmm. me. It just and, I, and I could tell you this, Catherine and, and Corinne, just from my work with the senior citizens, which has been a bizarre mix of the Republicans mm -hmm. and the very far left. Mm -hmm. The very far left is predominantly made up of academics. And I have to say this, they are really smart. And in yeah. some cases, they're smarter than us in an academic sense, not in mm -hmm. ideology, but in academic sense. Mm -hmm. And they have been the ones that have come to my group and said, hey, there's a loophole in this law. You should write a letter wow. to this person. Nobody on the right yeah. has ever come to us yeah. with that. And, and, yeah. and I have to say, we have to up our game on this side. But we need a balance 
of all, especially in this town, uh, as a constituent, I, I mean, I was horrified what I saw in Babylon town last night. It, you know, it's a Saturday night. People yeah. should be going out to eat. Now our king up in Albany has decreed that we can stay out to at least midnight. But the yeah. restrictions, the arbitrary and contr- uh, uh, contrary uh, mandates and restrictions that he, he's put on this place has really strained uh, the economy down in Babylon, yeah. where it should be completely packed. It was empty. Well, everywhere, night. Tracy. Yeah. Everywhere. Yep. Uh, it is. Over where I live in Smithtown, you know, the business owners are just praying and begging and pleading that we could have a Smithtown day, which helps our commerce in the summer tremendously. Mm-hmm. It brings people to an area and gives you such great pride for the area that you live in. And it's one thing under, uh, you know, last year under this extreme pandemic and the virus spreading and people fearful about what it means and what it is. But now we're still having these restrictions, even though many people have either had COVID or had the vaccination and they're not allowing people to have street fairs in outdoors. It's ridiculous. It's very upsetting. How long can businesses truly survive? You know, nobody wants to hear that business owner. And unfortunately, the Democrats truly don't see that side. They just want to raise the taxes and limit business. And it is truly as a business owner and somebody who has four children and pays a tremendous amount of tax. I am I am always I am completely appalled. And it is incredulous the the path that they're choosing to go down without giving the economy some support of opening businesses. We don't need a check. We That's going to last. Uh, that's like give the give a fish model, right? We right. don't need a check. We don't need that. We need to sustain and be solvent on the long term. I so agree because it's it, it's many, many times you see the stores, especially the corporate the corporate stores are shutting down. So when you go to strip malls and stuff like that, it's it's like a ghost town. Yeah. Um, yep. well, how are these malls there? surviving? I went to Sunvet Mall and it over in uh, Holbrook, Sunvet Mall, something that I grew up with, and many of those malls down Sunrise Highway, completely vacant buildings. And oh. yes, listen, online shopping and the Amazon industry certainly hurt already. Now, how are we going to survive that the next blow? Well, and when we're give a lot of We're, stores they do do that just like with the depression you know the strongest survive mm. and especially um with the online purchases and online e-commerce stores yeah. so what the stores did was up their game and became online friendly for their customers like with the flowers mm-hmm. the uh the uh sending baskets of fruit and uh clothing uh, a lot of shops have you know upped it and now oh. have become on but with that in conjunction with the COVID restrictions, a lot of a lot of them had closed. Uh, yeah, Tracy, mm-hmm. I be- you've heard of C and J Meats off of uh, Little East. Oh Network. yeah, absolutely. They shut down. It's you know what's also a problem is that the the workers are getting paid more on unemployment. Mm-hmm. Right, they don't want to come back to work. Working, right? Sure. So why would you want to come back to work when you're getting more on unemployment than you did working making a paycheck? So we have a lot of problems and you know it's systemic throughout this entire state. But mm-hmm. we see it in places like Babylon where there was such a vibrant hospitality industry that sure. surely is no more. 
It's no more. And who knows how long this is going to go, how families can even, there's families, uh, and I wrote about that, there's families constantly leaving New York and going okay, right. out of state just to survive. Well, it's starting to feel like, um, it's starting to feel like a terrible plan of like only the survival of the fittest right? and, uh, mm-hmm. and led by, you know, the dominating Cuomo. It's starting to feel like you really don't want us here and you just want survival of the fittest. I, I don't know. Or, it's hard because we have a Democrat. I, I, or survival of the, of the, the, of the, of the, of the give takers. Yeah, because now we have, we, have, way, but... we have all these uh, Democrat leaders, but they're not solving anything. And and you're right, Tracy, we do need a balance. We need balances of opinion, mm-hmm. of direction, background, because how can you make a decision or even help run a town when everybody looks alike, think alike, mm-hmm. talk alike? So one party rule we're seeing the effects of that up in albany where we have right. just a super majority of democrats and the democrat governor and we're seeing that at some degree or to some degree in the federal uh, government where right they have a uh, balance of power that democrats do in in, in uh, washington dc although slightly the senate mm-hmm. uh, and the moderate uh democrat senators kind of tampen that a little bit but one party rule is a disaster for any yeah. any municipality. Well, it's like communism. You know, it's I mean, wouldn't you agree? I mean, it's yeah. like yes, one party, one mind and yeah. it's just it, it, yes, we do. We need a balance of power. We need things to go back to normal. We need our our parks and uh we need the the live music then. Uh, it, people want to come here and and they want to uh, you know, I talked to one person and he said that this is not the Long Island that he grew Mm -hmm. up in, which is he he was born in 58 and, you Mm -hmm. know, said the 60s and 70s was great. Everybody had the same things. You know, nobody uh, really had pointed out, well, you don't have this. Yeah, if you had your bike, your skateboard and a uh, baseball bat and a glove and a doll, everybody was like that. It was easy. But now it's just so complicated and outrageously priced. My daughter went with her friends to Smith Haven Mall and go see a movie, $90 and to eat and to eat. I I saw it. I saw her, her, uh, I got her a card, her own uh, checking account for teens. And I said, okay, I put a little bit extra money in there. Only use it if you need it. So when she came home, I said, how much did you, you use? She goes, oh, all of it. What? (laughs) And then look at that dichotomy because small businesses have to survive and they're going to have to charge more. And then our kids are just starting to get out and feel good. We want to teach them spending habits and all of that. But um, but prices are very high. How can we how how can this we know what's not working and it's this. That's how I I really like to see this. If this is not working, then how can we continue this way? Let's change it and do something better. Well, and, and it's not one person that's saying that. it's not five people saying it. It's the masses that are saying this mm-hmm. is not good and it's not working. Well, the blog that I wrote is the high cost of living low on Long Island got a tremendous amount of feedback. Not one person had said that's not true. Right. Everyone <laughs> had said right. <laughs> well, they're living it. They're living it every day. Yeah, they're living it every day and they're sick of it. People are tired of of going to food banks and uh, 
uh, working all these excessive hours and cutting back, going out, uh, going out to eat. And, you know, you got people who are working that DoorDash, Uber Eats, uh, oh, yeah. extra to make ends meet. It's, it's a mm-hmm. crazy economy. And you know what? Instead of complaining about it, I want to help do something about it. And I figured that's what way I think a lot of people should be doing Mm -hmm. that, you know, come into politics and bring your worth. And, you know, what can what can we do to help the community? That's what makes you such an attractive candidate, Catherine, is that you're not the typical politician who just wants to go into politics for their own gain, their own power Mm -hmm. uh, and an ego trip. You truly do have the heart, a huge heart. Uh, one of the biggest hearts I've ever seen. And you have that desire to make a difference no matter where or or with whom. Uh, you don't look at somebody on the other side of the aisle and say, you're a Democrat, I can't help you. You would go out of your way to help anybody. Didn't matter. It wouldn't matter if they were, and we lost Corinne. But we'll finish up, we'll wrap up though, because I know you guys have other things to do. So we got a few minutes, but um, oh, there she is. I'm sorry, I lost you a minute. <laughs> that's okay, that's okay. But Thanks for having are- me back. <laughs> a little worried that I didn't say the right thing here. No, I told Tracy. I said, "Oh, we lost current." No, we, have, we want to hear, but um, okay. but no, we we have to no. And you know, Corinne, you raised four kids. You have uh, four minds that you have to talk with. You know, those four little yeah. minds. So it, it teaches you yeah. to be a lot open. And um, listen, I want a great Long Island. My daughter's still here. You know, yeah, she mm-hmm. sure. I don't want her to be like her siblings where they went to college and they can't afford to come back here. You know, it's just, it, it's know. ridiculous, you know, where the medium salary is 58000 a year and the average home average is like about, what, 500000 It's insane sure. right now. It's insane. Uh, yeah. The real estate is crazy. It really, truly is. And yes, you know, it, it uh, maybe, uh, I don't know if it's, Rick, it's, is it a buyer's market now or a seller's? I'd say it's a seller. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You could sell it whatever you want right now. And I think mm-hmm. that uh, for some reason, and, and it may be because of the unemployment, um, that people are able to buy uh, homes before they're even on the market. So uh, I'll tell you. That seems like a surface good thing. My fear is that it is not going to be sustainable and it is not supported by a thriving solid economy right and my uh, right on my block there's a house it's an average little home a two-bedroom home i can't tell you they had an open house the other day there the line didn't get less than 20 people each time i passed it it was just more and more people i mean down the block waiting to go in and see this house i've never seen anything like this before or <laughs> <laughs> you know what yeah and you're right so we we need different people in these positions because what the politicians and i've seen this many many times the politicians are just recycled they go from uh one politician in particular he was a county legislator and then his term limit was up so now guess what he got shifted to be on the town council in the town of babylon and so instead of saying okay i did my time I, you know, uh, it, it's time for me to call it a day, go back to work, let somebody else come in with fresh ideas, uh, new ways to make things work for their constituents. Instead, he got shifted. 
So, and it mm. happens a lot. And it's just, it's, and why wouldn't they? Their salaries are <laughs> outrageous. Oh, ridiculous. Why, yeah. So why would you be foolish enough to leave that political position when, hey, you're making a great living, you know? And, you know, some of these jobs or these uh, positions are part-time. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, but they get full-time pay. That's what yes. amazes me. Well, I, that's why they're so attractive, and that's why you need to have the right people. I think we lost Corinne again, by the way. Yeah, we but did. We lost. Yes, okay. Uh, you need to have the right people in those positions, and that's why I'm so excited about your candidacy in particular because you are the right person. And when we interview and vet candidates, we don't take just anybody. And there are some that they just either don't have what it takes. To, to run uh, for political office or to um, execute the office that we would feel comfortable with, to put our names out there with them. We wouldn't be standing with you here today on the podcast and putting it out there in the public if we didn't think that you were the best person for the job and highly capable. Oh, yeah, I do appreciate agree. that, Tracy. That's great. That's very nice. So I want to talk about a little bit about Cuomo because his time is slowly shrinking, hopefully. <laughs> but hopefully. he really, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think COVID really put him out there uh, to show how what type of governor he really is. And guess what? He didn't disappoint. He showed a lot of people how he was uh, with COVID and he became a dictator and did not care. And especially with the seniors, Tracy, take it from there. Well, uh, unfortunately, I like to call myself an accidental activist because uh, my father was placed in a nursing facility after neck surgery. Um, he needs to have some rehabilitation. And unfortunately, it opened my eyes to the horror of nursing homes, which are horrible on their best days without COVID because my father was neglected and abused. And, you know, I'll give you just the, the, the short version of the story. He was made to eat with his face down in a dish like a dog uh, because the aid wouldn't help him. I mean, that's how bad it was. This man who oh my, my father was a, a veteran of this country and, um, you know, obeyed every law, paid every tax was a wonderful man his whole life and was treated so terribly. Now, unbeknownst to us, Governor Cuomo signed a, an executive order on March 25th, which placed COVID positive patients into nursing homes, which of course led to massive deaths, over 15,000 in the state. 15,000. That's, That's a five, lot. That's 5 9 11 It's 5-9-11's worth. So, um, uh, you know, it, it put me on this path where I am now the assistant director of Voices for Seniors. So we want to hold Governor Cuomo accountable for his mandate, plus the fact that he profited off a book uh, on the subject. So we want to hold him accountable for that. He denied sexual harassment again, which is a New York State laborer yes. and criminal case. Absolutely. Yep. He denied COVID testing to my father and, and all wow. these seniors. He wrote it into the EO. Meanwhile, he was using state resources to test his Yep. All of these rich people who could have afforded to get a test and could have afforded the health care on their own. Uh, I mean, then he covered it up blatantly. So yeah. that's where, you know, uh, getting Cuomo out of office is in my heart. But we also have to make sure when we get him out to hold him accountable for his multiple crimes that we don't put somebody worse in there, that we don't get a far leftist like the attorney general, Tish James. We have to be very careful of that. 
Well, I, I don't know about you guys, but or you girls, but uh, I mean, we right here in Suffolk County have a tremendous uh, candidate uh, looking or seeking um, at taking his uh, his um, stake at at the race, and that's Lee Zeldin. And I think that he is not only to be an an incredible person, but an mm-hmm. incredible elected official. So at least and he's a he good leader. That a tremendous a good leader. leader, a veteran, um, a yep. father, the, the great family, wonderful husband, it seems. Um, I, I've never heard anything except for people not disagreeing with policy, but he's so level headed. Um, certainly. I mean, I, I don't know what exemplifies better leadership and who has served our country. Um, it's, it's just, an, I think, an incredible resume, a lawyer. I don't know how much more he could possibly be. And not one iota or of a charge of killing people or sexual harassment or anything that is inappropriate whatsoever. I mean, we don't have to worry about someone's ethical concern like that. And, and and you're right, because how somebody acts in, well, to me, how somebody acts in office for the public and maybe acts differently at home, but it, it's, it's, but ultimately with Lee, Lee Zeldin is that he really, really um, has a mind for his constituents. He wants to mm-hmm. do better, make things better and listen. And with Cuomo, unfortunately, I think he's, uh, hopefully he gets held accountable for the seniors, but unfortunately, I think his downfall will be the sexual harassment, which is a shame. Yeah. Because I, it's so true. I, I, you know, the sexual harassment charges are horrible, but the mass deaths of 15,000 seniors, there's nothing that's worse than that. And, you know, my, like I said, my heart goes out to these women that were harassed and one yeah. was, it, it appears sexually assaulted. But yeah. you're talking about, death <laughs> 15,000 yes. people and it's amazing that at yeah. the state level he's not getting held accountable right. but sadly our media I'll oh, say that current I'm... that's true but sa- I'm sorry sadly um, the, the seniors are ignored when it's something that's not sensationalized by the media is what right. I'm saying because it's so it, true it's it's a senior and you know everybody's just not consumed with that instead you know sex always sex always sells yep bottom line it always is and of course these women who came out, you know, it's very, very hard. I commend these women to come out against, mm-hmm. especially someone yes. like this, a governor, because number one, people are going to look at you and pick apart your life that yes. you instigated it. You asked for it. You dress like this. And let me tell you something. I went through the same thing with my uh, sexual assault case, which I won. The person was convicted, but that lawyer made a mistake. He actually... Uh, found a photo of me wearing a sundress and asked if I had ever wore that during a taping. And the judge said, that has nothing to do with wow. this case. Wow. So, yeah, it had nothing. Uh, and what? Right. So these women came out and they knew that they were going to get picked apart. But you know what? Mm-hmm. One by one, they were coming forward. This is a pattern for the governor. And so, I'll tell you this, you know, I'm sorry, Catherine. No, no, People, no. Go ahead. Oh, I, and I've, I've talked to some of these women. And they were deathly afraid of retribution to, uh, you know, get more attention in media. 
uh, about the issue and about going after Cuomo, people would say to me, aren't you deathly afraid of retribution? Because he did go after some of these women leaking contents of their private personnel files to uh, wow. uh, people he knew that would print it. Oh yeah. And I said, you know something? For me, there's nothing that Cuomo could do to me that's worse than what I've already been through. And I feel like these women right. had had enough as well. And I think Albany as a whole was sick of his harassment and his bullying and his uh, his his behavior, his, his ill behavior. And I, I think that more people backed these women up than they even expected. Well, you know what? I've been showcasing and I've been helping the whistleblowers here in New York. And the bottom, there's a, uh, five or six of them I can't remember but guess what all of them the bottom line or the common denominator is Cuomo these uh-huh. people have been ruined and there was no way uh two of them were actually still in litigation against New York State and and with Cuomo because wow. Cuomo uh, Cuomo actually ruined a, uh, a businesswoman uh he ruined her because she didn't go with what they wanted and even and it was illegal so he ruined her he ruined wow. her business she had a multi-million dollar business a construction company and she's now a whistleblower and kathy cole uh she's been uh, um I- i'm sure you guys have uh, heard of her she's yeah, now kathy moved cole. out yeah. yeah she's moved out of state and she's uh she is a whistleblower for new york state uh education and new york state uh government so so yeah they've exposed a lot and especially uh michael carey who is another whistleblower yeah who, uh, he's fantastic he is oh, amazing he he actually uh exposed what happened into the disabled group homes mm-hmm. which his son had died of from somebody sure. working there so and, and yeah and that's what made me uh be more appealing to you tracy because you're basically nursing homes a group homes yeah for the dis- it's the same they hire and you know what they hire anybody say, yeah oh i'm sorry Catherine. it's so hard to tell like who's talking yeah who's, no, like, no, no, i have a that's little okay. delay so i apologize if i've stepped on anybody's toes today no. but i was going to say cuomo did the same thing to these developmentally disabled homes he did mandate the covid virus in with these people we didn't see the massive death numbers that we saw because largely these people were young but we did see deaths and and that needs to be investigated and believe it or not that mandate is still in place the elderly one was taken away but the mandate to put the covid patients back into the disabled homes still stands to this day Oh wow. my goodness! Thank you for bringing that to light. Mm-hmm. That's something yep. that's going to have so to get looked into. Yeah, we should explore that. Um, Absolutely. But Tracy, first of all, I want to say I'm truly sorry about your father. But, Thank you. Um, but there is something that is really that we we shouldn't ignore at all, and that is um, nursing home abuse. And uh, mm-hmm. it's something that you see only on a commercial of an attorney trying to fight for nursing home abuse or something like that. Yep. But why aren't there more, uh, why isn't there more stringent rules and regulations that are overseeing this? And why is this like this? There's certainly knowing this industry very well as a shameless plug here, my, but our company, be well, <laughs> um, we, we, you know, we do a lot of pro bono cases just to keep the, the elderly at home because mm-hmm. we want them to feel loved and have an environment that number one doesn't kill their pocketbook, but also keeps them with a regular schedule and with their 
you know, feeling still active and involved in their families' lives and their community. But for those who have to go into a nursing home, what the heck is going on to even have this conversation Mm -hmm. beyond the Cuomo problem, which is blatantly obvious, but beyond that, and how, how are we protecting our elderly citizens if they're going into homes like this and this stuff is happening? Mm-hmm. What the nerve of that aid, if that mm-hmm. aid worked for me, they, they they would be up on charges. I would find, I, you know, you gotta I, be kidding me. And can you imagine, my father was like, he was a healthy guy, he really was. He just couldn't walk after his neck surgery and needed that rehab. He had his faculties, right. his mind was about him. He was only 76. So if they treated him so poorly, what do they do to the people with dementia? Exactly. And you hit, and you hit the nail on the head. We need to make home care options more yes. accessible to the everyday person and get people right. out of these facilities to begin with. I think that's why home so, health care aids, it just, that, that health care so uh, part. expensive. Yes. So expensive and it cannot be this expensive. Insurance companies and supplemental insurance and the state fund has to help our seniors have a better life if they're contributing to the lifestyle of our community here on Long Island, which is one of the wealthiest communities in the country. There has to be money reserved and it comes from the leadership, which is Cuomo. And Mm -hmm. the next person has to listen to the seniors. And I really hope that the voice of Voices for Seniors is heard loud and clear, not just for the nursing home abuse, but for the future of our nurses, our our elderly. Absolutely. Absolutely. uh, You know what? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to say that. No, that's okay. I just want to acknowledge, Tracy, I, I, I can't even begin to have the utmost respect and just admire what you're doing because Things like this, like in the case with John Walsh losing his son and the way that he did, yes, it yes. just, it sparked a, a ferocious fire in him. And uh, with his uh, people and creating the National Children's right. Ex- uh, Exploited uh, Network, you know, and how he's uh, right. able to get criminals and seek justice is the same fire I see in you because so yeah. many people have still have their mom and dads alive mm-hmm. and people right. are working and working and working so we're at the mercy uh for the the care for our seniors and it's just sure. it, and it's and i so i'm so deeply sorry that it had to come from you in the result of the the death of your dad and 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 it's and especially him being a veteran but you know what you are making your dad proud and going after these Thank assholes you. you know sorry, <laughs> the silver but, lining and, the, you know, the silver it's lining a, it's, I, you I know you know what if that didn't happen you probably wouldn't be no. the fire that you are no and you know, I, how I many know are you saving daughter. tracy <laughs> well you know Listen, this team, this this uh, this group of, of people that unfortunately are in, found themselves in the same situation I am. Look, we can't change the past, but we can hold all the dirty players accountable. That's number one. And then we can change the future to ensure our most valuable citizens are protected, respected and treated with the dignity that they deserve, because all of us are going to get older and all of us are one injury away. Although with the way plastic surgery is today, I will get it and facelifts until the ears meet on top of my head. I don't care. I will be the best looking person in that nursing home. But, you know, we are one injury away from ending up in one of these facilities. So it behooves everyone to get behind the issue to make sure that 
these are, are true sanctuaries. The only sanctuary that should exist in the state are these homes for our most treasured citizens. Well, you know what? I want to tell you something horrifying. When my had to put my my mother had a stroke and a heart attack in 2009 and the case manager at the hospital told me she cannot go to any of your guys' home. She needs to go to a rehabilitation nursing home, which would only be two months. She needs to be, she needs to learn how to do things on her own because she was young. She was only uh, 68. Oh, wow. And so uh, guess what the advice everybody was giving me? When I look for a nursing home rehabilitation, if you smell urine, get the hell out. Mm-hmm. in the hall <laughs> and I was like are you gotta be right. kidding me yep so that's scary uh that's scary yes. but I want to thank well, you both for coming oh go ahead Less. last song um, well, I just want to make one point here I do, I have parents that are still alive and sadly I come from a not so great childhood and it's so I envy the two of you who can speak about your fight for people that can't fight. I want to say that like we are all getting older and I want to emphasize on how much as you wrote about Catherine and as we're seeing this these politics develop on Long Island if we don't change something here to put it into our economy then we're never going to come out of the debt that we're in in Suffolk County have a more thriving economy for things giving somebody who is Healthy and for not working. I agree. Right, 100%. 100%. Uh, last thoughts, Tracy? Uh, I just feel very blessed to work with both of you, and I uh, am excited to see what your future holds and how we can help you with that moving forward. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, because my philosophy and it's just let's keep it let's keep it simple. Let's go back to basics. We got to think of the people first before. Uh, that we're patted on the back. You know, we really need to take care. My daughter, listen, I want her to have a great life here on Long Island. I don't want her to move away from me because she can't afford to live here. I want her to thrive. I want her to be the family here on Long Island where she is essentially born and raised. And it's just, it scares me. So everybody out there, get involved in your politics, get involved in voting. Please make sure, just don't vote party lines down. Look at your candidates, who they are, and how are they affecting your life? If you keep voting the same politicians in office and there's not a change, (laughs) change your vote. Change your vote. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys for taking the time on a Sunday to do this. Thank you. and we'll do it Thank again you. as the campaign as the campaign progresses. We'll do it again. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you have absolutely. a very a long, long future in politics. And this uh, now, because even if for some chance, she got choppy there. That's okay. Uh, no, because <laughs> you know why? Because if I don't win. We can learn from this campaign and do it again. Definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. 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 Thank you guys. Have a oh, great we're night. Win. Oh no, we will. We're right. No, I'm thinking positive. Okay. I'm thinking positive. We will. We'll get this. Thank you guys. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you, Corinne Murphy. And thank you, Tracy Alvino. I appreciate it. Have a good night. Good night.
And that's our show for today. I want to give a special thank you to Corinne and Tracy for making the time to guest on Her Community 2 podcast. You can subscribe and leave a review. Feedback is always appreciated. Thank you for listening. And as always, take care, be safe, and be well.